Part two, chapter two, section three of the possessed by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part two, chapter two, night continued. Section three. Maria Timofyevna's room was twice as large as the one occupied by the captain, and furnished in the same rough style but the table in front of the sofa was covered with a gay-coloured tablecloth and on it a lamp was burning there was a handsome carpet on the floor the bed was screened off by a green curtain which ran the length of the room and besides the sofa there stood by the table a large soft easy-chair in which marya timofyevna never sat however in the corner there was an icon as there had been in her old room and a little lamp was burning before it and on the table were all her indispensable properties the pack of cards the little looking-glass the song-book even a milk-loaf besides these there were two books with coloured pictures one extracts from a popular book of travels published for juvenile reading the other a collection of very light edifying tales for the most part about the days of chivalry intended for christmas presents or school reading she had too an album of photographs of various sorts Maria Timofyevna was, of course, expecting the visitor, as the captain had announced. But when Nikolai Vsevolodovitch went in, she was asleep, half reclining on the sofa, propped on a woolwork cushion. Her visitor closed the door after him noiselessly, and, standing still, scrutinized the sleeping figure. The captain had been romancing when he told Nikolai Vsevolodovitch she had been dressing herself up she was wearing the same dark dress as on sunday at varvara petrovna's her hair was done up in the same little close knot at the back of her head her long thin neck was exposed in the same way the black shawl varvara petrovna had given her lay carefully folded on the sofa she was coarsely rouged and powdered as before nikolai vsevolodovitch did not stand there more than a minute she suddenly waked up as though she were conscious of his eyes fixed upon her she opened her eyes and quickly drew herself up but something strange must have happened to her visitor he remained standing at the same place by the door with a fixed and searching glance he looked mutely and persistently into her face perhaps that look was too grim perhaps there was an expression of aversion in it even a malignant enjoyment of her fright as if it were not a fancy left by her dreams but suddenly after almost a moment of expectation the poor woman's face wore a look of absolute terror it twitched convulsively she lifted her trembling hands and suddenly burst into tears exactly like a frightened child in another moment she would have screamed but nikolai vsevolodovitch pulled himself together his face changed in one instant and he went up to the table with the most cordial and amiable smile i'm sorry marya timofyevna i frightened you coming in suddenly when you were asleep he said holding out his hand to her the sound of his caressing words produced their effect her fear vanished although she still looked at him with dismay evidently trying to understand something she held out her hands timorously also at last a shy smile rose to her lips how do you do prince she whispered looking at him strangely you must have had a bad dream he went on with a still more friendly and cordial smile but how do you know that i was dreaming about that and again she began trembling and started back putting up her hand as though to protect herself on the point of crying again 
calm yourself that's enough what are you afraid of surely you know me said nikolay vsyevolodovitch trying to soothe her but it was long before he could succeed she gazed at him dumbly with the same look of agonizing perplexity with a painful idea in her poor brain and she still seemed to be trying to reach some conclusion at one moment she dropped her eyes then suddenly scrutinized him in a rapid comprehensive glance at last though not reassured she seemed to come to a conclusion sit down beside me please that i may look at you thoroughly later on she brought out with more firmness evidently with a new object but don't be uneasy i won't look at you now i'll look down don't you look at me either till i ask you to sit down she added with positive impatience a new sensation was obviously growing stronger and stronger in her nikolai vsyevolodovitch sat down and waited rather a long silence followed hm it all seems so strange to me she suddenly muttered almost disdainfully of course i was depressed by bad dreams but why have i dreamt of you looking like that come let's have done with dreams he said impatiently turning to her in spite of her prohibition and perhaps the same expression gleamed for a moment in his eyes again he saw that she several times wanted very much in fact to look at him again but that she obstinately controlled herself and kept her eyes cast down listen prince she raised her voice suddenly listen prince why do you turn away why don't you look at me what's the object of this farce he cried losing patience but she seemed not to hear him listen prince she repeated for the third time in a resolute voice with a disagreeable fussy expression when you told me in the carriage that our marriage was going to be made public i was alarmed at there being an end to the mystery now i don't know i've been thinking it all over and i see clearly that i'm not fit for it at all i know how to dress and i could receive guests perhaps there's nothing much in asking people to have a cup of tea especially when there are footmen but what will people say though i saw a great deal that sunday morning in that house that pretty young lady looked at me all the time especially after you came in it was you came in wasn't it her mother's simply an absurd worldly old woman my lebyadkin distinguished himself too i kept looking at the ceiling to keep from laughing the ceiling there is finely painted his mother ought to be an abbess i'm afraid of her though she did give me a black shawl of course they must all have come to strange conclusions about me i wasn't vexed but i sat there thinking what relation am i to them of course from a countess one doesn't expect any but spiritual qualities for the domestic one she's got plenty of footmen and also a little worldly coquetry so as to be able to entertain foreign travellers but yet that sunday they did look upon me as hopeless only dasha's an angel i'm awfully afraid they may wound him by some careless allusion to me don't be afraid and don't be uneasy said nikolai vsyevolodovitch making a wry face however that doesn't matter to me if he is a little ashamed of me for there will always be more pity than shame though it differs with people of course he knows to be sure that i ought rather to pity them than they me you seem to be very much offended with him marya timofyevna i oh no she smiled with simple-hearted mirth not at all i looked at you all then you were all angry you were all quarrelling they meet together and they don't know how to laugh from their hearts so much wealth and so little gaiety it all disgusts me though i feel for no one now except myself i've heard that you've had a hard life with your brother without me who told you that it's nonsense 
it's much worse now now my dreams are not good and my dreams are bad because you've come what have you come for i'd like to know tell me please wouldn't you like to go back into the nunnery i knew they'd suggest the nunnery again your nunnery is a fine marvel for me and why should i go to it what should i go for now i'm all alone in the world now it's too late for me to begin a third life you seem very angry about something surely you're not afraid that i've left off loving you i'm not troubling about you at all i'm afraid that i may leave off loving somebody she laughed contemptuously i must have done him some great wrong she added suddenly as it were to herself only i don't know what i've done wrong that's always what troubles me always always for the last five years i've been afraid day and night that i've done him some wrong i prayed and prayed and always thought of the great wrong i'd done him and now it turns out it was true what's turned out i'm only afraid whether there's something on his side she went on not answering his question not hearing it in fact and then again he couldn't get on with such horrid people the countess would have liked to eat me though she did make me sit in the carriage beside her they're all in the plot surely he's not betrayed me her chin and lips were twitching tell me have you read about grishka otropyov how he was cursed in seven cathedrals nikolai vsyevolodovitch did not speak but i'll turn round now and look at you she seemed to decide suddenly you turn to me too and look at me but more attentively i want to make sure for the last time i've been looking at you for a long time hm said marya timofyevna looking at him intently you've grown much fatter she wanted to say something more but suddenly for the third time the same terror instantly distorted her face and again she drew back putting her hand up before her what's the matter with you cried nikolai vsyevolodovitch almost enraged but her panic lasted only one instant her face worked with a sort of strange smile suspicious and unpleasant i beg you prince get up and come in she brought out suddenly in a firm emphatic voice come in where am i to come in i've been fancying for five years how he would come in get up and go out of the door into the other room i'll sit as though i weren't expecting anything and i'll take up a book and suddenly you'll come in after five years travelling i want to see what it will be like nikolai vsyevolodovitch ground his teeth and muttered something to himself enough he said striking the table with his open hand i beg you to listen to me marya timofyevna do me the favour to concentrate all your attention if you can you're not altogether mad you know he broke out impatiently to-morrow i shall make our marriage public you never will live in a palace get that out of your head you want to live with me for the rest of your life only very far away from here in the mountains in switzerland there's a place there don't be afraid i'll never abandon you or put you in a madhouse i shall have money enough to live without asking anyone's help you shall have a servant you shall do no work at all everything you want that's possible shall be got for you you shall pray go where you like and do what you like i won't touch you i won't go away from the place myself at all if you like i won't speak to you all my life or if you like you can tell me your stories every evening as you used to do in petersburg in the corners i'll read aloud to you if you like but it must be all your life in the same place and that place is a gloomy one will you are you ready you won't regret it torment me with tears and curses will you she listened with extreme curiosity and for a long time she was silent thinking 
it all seems incredible to me she said at last ironically and disdainfully i might live for forty years in those mountains she laughed what of it let's live forty years then said nikolai vsyevolodovitch scowling hm i won't come for anything not even with me and what are you that i should go with you i'm to sit on a mountain beside him for forty years on end a pretty story and upon my word how long-suffering people have become nowadays no it cannot be that a falcon has become an owl my prince is not like that she said raising her head proudly and triumphantly light seemed to dawn upon him what makes you call me a prince and for whom do you take me he asked quickly why aren't you the prince i never have been one so yourself yourself you tell me straight to my face that you're not the prince i tell you i never have been good lord she cried clasping her hands i was ready to expect anything from his enemies but such insolence never is he alive she shrieked in a frenzy turning upon nikolai vsyevolodovitch have you killed him confess whom do you take me for he cried jumping up from his chair with a distorted face but it was not easy now to frighten her she was triumphant who can tell who you are and where you've sprung from only my heart my heart had misgivings all these five years of all the intrigues and i've been sitting here wondering what blind owl was making up to me no my dear you're a poor actor worse than lebyadkin even give my humble greetings to the countess and tell her to send someone better than you has she hired you tell me have they given you a place in her kitchen out of charity i see through your deception i understand you all every one of you he seized her firmly above the elbow she laughed in his face you're like him very like perhaps you're a relation you're a sly lot only mine is a bright falcon and a prince and you're an owl and a shopman mine will bow down to god if it pleases him and won't if it doesn't and shatushka he's my dear my darling slapped you on the cheeks my lebyadkin told me and what were you afraid of then when you came in who had frightened you then when i saw your mean face after i'd fallen down and you picked me up it was like a worm crawling into my heart it's not he i thought not he my falcon would never have been ashamed of me before a fashionable young lady oh heavens that alone kept me happy for those five years that my falcon was living somewhere beyond the mountains soaring gazing at the sun tell me you impostor have you got much by it did you need a big bribe to consent i wouldn't have given you a farthing ha 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 ah idiot snarled nikolai vsyevolodovitch still holding her tight by the arm go away impostor she shouted peremptorily i'm the wife of my prince i'm not afraid of your knife knife yes knife you've a knife in your pocket you thought i was asleep but i saw it when you came in just now you took out your knife what are you saying unhappy creature what dreams you have he exclaimed pushing her away from him with all his might so that her head and shoulders fell painfully against the sofa he was rushing away but she at once flew to overtake him limping and hopping and though lebyadkin panic-stricken held her back with all his might she succeeded in shouting after him into the darkness shrieking and laughing a curse on you grishka otropiev end of part two chapter two section three recording by expatriate in bangor maine